Terry Rozier face. What's happening? <laughs> we ain't here, Clint Capella. I, I was trying to. Hello. That ain't for you. Hey, Ari. Hello. Same for you. <laughs> I was tossing around some ideas. How are you? How are you feeling? I'm good. I just had some lunch. I'm straight. It's a beautiful day. How are you? As you can see, I'm on daddy duty. Um, daddy duties. I was hoping to be free. So you didn't hear any kids in the background. This is a pilot. So whatever happens, happens. We'll, we'll take all mistakes with love and probably jokes. So It's not a perfect world. I mean, it wouldn't be right if it were perfect. You had a nice day. And this is what happens. <laughs> I was Put Ari on the podcast. No, nah, nah, he's, he's not a, a co-host on this podcast. <laughs> he's our first special guest. Put the two-year-old on. I was tossing around some ideas for names. I want your opinion. I was right, thinking... I had an idea, too, so you shoot yours first. You're not getting advice, buddy. All right? That's... I was thinking we go with Yo, insert name, face. Being that that's the thing we got going on. Oh, yeah. So who's like the ugliest dude in sports right now? Would that's that be why offensive? I, that's why like, put, would we even do that? That's why I put left it blank as insert name because I figured we usually do that every time we greet each other. Okay. But at the same token, I don't want to get sued for saying so. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So my idea was Hollywood and Melisa's. Okay. 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 Since you've been rocking with that whole Hollywood thing since you was like seventeen, eighteen. Okay. Hollywood Melisa's. I wish I had a soundboard so we can clap or boo for the ones we like or didn't like. Okay. Uh, I also thought about. Um, thicken in water because we are related. Plus, thicken in water. True. We'll play on words there. I like that one, but I don't have a comeback. I just had like that one. <laughs> that was my one shot. <laughs> thank, thank, thanks for contributing. Appreciate you. <laughs> thank, thank you so much for contributing. You're you're a great asset. I mean, you know, I do what I can when I can. There's no docket. There's no uh, set list. I think we just... We don't have no A block, B block. No. Commercial yeah. break. This producers is, in your ears. This is just us just talking. Going for it. We don't got sleepers. We don't got none of that stuff. We're just two sports enthusiasts on the line. I guess in pop culture. I guess music. There's a lot to get to, though. There is a lot. A lot happened over the weekend. We 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 want to go with first. Where's your your mind, your attention to? We want to spend first part of the segment on. Well, we just came up with two really great game sevens. Don't say that. Don't say that. We did. Don't say that. We did. Don't say that. We did. Both games was triggered to dash. Not really. Not really because Boston had their hands on the Cavs' throat. But then it was only up by four, which was weird at the half. And then Houston had their foot in the chest of the Warriors up by 11 at half. And then those third quarter woes just flooded them. Let, let's, let's start with Boston, because since there, there's a lot to unpack with both games, let's start with Boston. Um, I did say in talking to people before the game, I said, if the young Boston team can remain composed because they're gonna, they know the LeBron storm is coming. Super Saiyan Bron is coming. It's game seven. He's going to give you his, his uh, everything. I said, if they can maintain composure, they have a good chance of winning. The way the game unfolded 
with uh, I think it was going into the almost going into half halftime. The score was like low thirties. Mm-hmm. It was a sloppy game on both parts, but I said, "Okay, Cavs are missing shots. Boston, why aren't you going to the rim for twos? Mm-hmm. They're shooting threes. Why mm-hmm. are you not going to the rim for twos? You have the lead. Whatever." Which was Houston's problem, by the way, last night. Yeah. That, but go ahead. We'll get to that. The Boston team, um, Tatum, he, he's, he, he's, he's the truth. I, I, don't, I wasn't really a fan of him before Dude. the playoffs. Here we go. Here we go. That's my guy. <laughs> He showed me a lot during the, he showed me a lot during this Eastern Conference Finals, and that was because I feel like he was the only one that showed up. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm going to say this, and it's going to come off harsh, but I mean every word of it. I'll be happy if I never see Terry Rozier play NBA again. Oh, come on, not scary Terry. I'll be happy like. There's no reason you're chucking up threes with 20 seconds left on a shot clock and your team is up. Why? why? I get you trying to get into a rhythm, but if that's not your game and it's not falling for you, why keep going to the threes? Yeah. That's probably a little bit on Brad, too. He's a brilliant coach, but he should have reeled that in. Like, we saw Steve Kerr do that with KD. He's like, yo, the ISO, you got to keep the ball moving. So Brad Stevens probably should have gotten his air like, yo, let's run our offense a little bit, get that bum out of a little bit of touches, you know, get him going down low. Let's move the ball around a little bit. But, yeah, that was – I like Scary Terry, though. He got heart. Scary Terry, he didn't show his heart. Jalen Brown, I don't know why everyone wanted to be a three-point specialist when that wasn't what you were known for throughout the season. Yeah, I didn't get that with Boston. I, didn't get, I was totally confused why they kept shooting threes. And then they weren't making them. So it was like, all right, Cavs are coming back, and y'all not hitting y'all three. So let's change the formula here. That's why I said a little bit got to go on Brad, too, because he didn't – I don't think he, like, reeled them in a little bit once they started to, to, un, to like, crumble in the third quarter. Here's my thing. If you're Brad Stevens and you're beating the Cavs in game seven by four at halftime and you see they're missing shots, they're, they're trying to take shots that, you know – normally would fall and it's not working you got them right where you want them slow the game down that you got timeouts for a reason hey guys uh we, even though we may have a lead let's let's try to do something different let's let's bring the let's do a half court game we're not gonna beat the Cavs running up and down the court exactly exactly um outside- that was a good segue into the Houston game last night the seven Houston for, game seven I, for forty four from three. What was it? Twenty seven straight missed threes or twenty five? Twenty seven missed three point field goals is just NBA not a record. Never before in history. That's just not acceptable. I don't understand that at all. I, I'm. I'm <laughs> and James Harden can beat anybody off the dribble, but he want to step back two, three feet and jack a three. Bro, use two for 13 from the three-point line. You, Trevor you Ariza, oh, for nine. Trevor Ariza Trevor and uh, Terry Rozier are the same player to me. Same player, yeah, yeah. That was a very good comparison. They're like the same. Same play to me. They're like the same. Yeah. My it, my issue with that Rockets game, I think you got to go back to game four when mm-hmm. Golden State was up in Houston, and Chris Paul was the one when they were up ten. I think it was ten go and like late in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Chris Paul was came down and hit big shots. After big shots, yeah. After big shot, yeah. He was greatly missed after that. Yeah, he was their anchor. He was their anchor because we all know James Harden ain't gonna do it. And those role players, you can see what they give you. So they really did miss Chris Paul. Uh, 
Eric Gordon kind of he, he made a believer out of me. I wasn't. Yeah, really... Eric Gordon was good, but then he came off like he's he's used to bringing those points off the bench. So he was productive, but that was starter points. They ain't have nobody off the bench to help them. And what is well, with that seven man rotation that that Dan told me? Like just is... getting ready to go. <laughs> what <there>. is that? <laughs> you you're playing seven guys. Okay. You got Joe Johnson for what reason? For I know what? he's old and everything. But... ISO Joe. ISO Joe could have gave you some points if he, he had time to, to actually play the game and get familiar with the team and all that. He could have gave you he could have been somewhat productive. Yeah, they threw ISO Joe out there when they were kind of like desperate. It was like, no, put ISO Joe in when you up by 12. So he could, you know, get some shots and he could get his juices flowing. And they put him in and Steph put that nigga right on skates. Yo. Three. I don't know what I don't know what Anderson was doing with Steph yesterday, but Steph was like, yeah. Yeah, he was it. like, yeah, come here, Ryan. You can you come get this work. Run that screen right through me again. Yeah. I like that. And here's my thing with Dan Tony. If you know the third quarter is their time to go off, and it's been that way for seven games. It's known facts. After halftime, why do you not say, guys? Drive to the rim and get the easiest buckets we can. That screen and toss to Capella was working. Because this is the man that said, we average 41 threes a game. Next year, we're going to go for 50. Uh, (laughs) So he like, keep shooting. Keep shooting. But my thing is, as a professional basketball player, that's not working. Change your game. We saw Steph do it in game three. His threes wasn't falling, but he started driving to the basket. He's like, I got handles. I can get to the bucket. He started driving. He got a couple and ones. He got some foul calls, shooting free throws. You see the ball go through the net. All right, let's do this. And then he started hitting threes. And I think basketball IQ is uh, very low in the it's playoffs. It's very sometimes. low. It's very because low. Because I feel like Steph's mindset was, okay, well, threes ain't going in. Let me find another way to be productive. And if Steph's driving, that's only going to open up for everybody else. Once he starts getting the rhythm inside the paint, now what are you going to do? You're going to converge to the hole, try to get a block, and who's open? Clay or KD. Exactly. And then in the first half, they were doing that, the Rockets. Eric Gordon was driving, and then Clint Capella was open a lot. That's how he got most of his buckets. They just lost their way in the second half. That Mike D'Antoni, he's, yeah. I watched the game yesterday, and the first two minutes, I said, this officiating is horrible. I said that within the first two minutes of the game. I'm not one of those people that believe, um, I think we can spend a whole different topic on a different day about sports and it being rigged and all that other stuff because I think I got a lot to get off my chest in that regard but I'm one of those people that don't believe refs should dictate a game I said yesterday in the beginning of the game that the officiating was horrible what I've been seeing a lot of last night on Twitter today in a couple chats is that people are trying to make it seem like the refs were only bad for the Warriors in in the second half. Granted, they gave the Warriors the momentum with the calls that they were missing because they missed a lot. A lot of moving screens they missed. Yeah. But that doesn't negate the fact that an NBA team went 0 for 27 for consecutive three-point field goals. Yeah, you can't blame that on anybody but that team. That team, they have to take that L. They have, they really have to chalk that up. And they got a, a long offseason. They got a long offseason. It's going to be filled with them getting together to shoot some more threes so they can get ready, like you said, for next season to average 50. To average 50. And, yeah, what are they going to do with Clint Capella? And are they going to pay him? And I just saw an update from... I think the GM. They said they gotta sign Chris Paul. How much money Chris you gonna Paul give him? You gotta. You have to sign Chris Paul. You need that, that veteran anchor to kind of like. And you saw him in game in game four in in the Oracle. 
he's like pumping up hard. He's like, yo, let's go, let's go. This is the Western Conference final. Like, this is this is why we're here. Let's go. On that note on Chris Paul, though, I did see somebody say, I wish a coach would have told Kobe game seven, no, you can't play, and see how that would have panned out. This nigga played in the finals with a broken finger. So I think it's – Yeah. I don't know the severity of Chris's injury, and I'm not questioning his heart at all. I don't want that to get misconstrued. But if you suit up, I think even if you got on the court – for a, a couple minutes just to give that emotional hey I'm here yeah. I'm 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 with y'all this is when I go home for real like yeah. this is my first chance mm. I've had to get to this point I I'm here I'm going to give y'all whatever I can give y'all again I don't know if he would have been a liability but I think he would have pumped up your teammates a little bit more than just by seeing that game. yeah I'm on in his defense though that was a great two spring and that was the same injury that kept Harden out for like three weeks during the regular season. His coach was saying that he really had no explosion. Like he couldn't, he really couldn't, you know, explode like he wanted to and probably couldn't make cuts, couldn't run them screens but, around with, with Steph and Clay. But I get what you're I, saying. Just like I'm here, like I'm on the floor. This is a war. We in a battle. I see what you're saying. But I honestly feel like even even in that play, even in you know not being able to make cuts, they needed the game slow, and him being able True. just to do that, walk the ball up the court, True. and like pass and run off screens, be a decoy. You don't the offense don't have to run through you. True. Be a decoy again. I'm not I'm not questioning his heart. I'm not in no way saying that I'm an NBA coach. I'm far from it. I just watch the game and think I can coach based off of me watching TV, but. Um, I think just the presence alone would have helped boost them. And even running those half-court sets, mm-hmm. they needed that after halftime. Because James Harden was saying, oh, yeah, I was telling my team, yeah, let's go, let's go. No, <laughs> no. Right. I, I, you don't want to get into – Golden State's one of those teams where if you shoot threes regular season and you're on, yeah, you can beat them. Mm-hmm. But for seven games – yeah. That can't be a game plan yeah. because if you ain't hitting threes and they start going off. What uh, are you going to do? What's the plan? You went for a long night. That's my problem with Mike. Like, what's your plan when we're not making, when we're shooting our 45 threes that you want us to shoot, but we only made seven of them? What's the percentage on that? 14? Like, come on, bro. This is the NBA Western Conference Finals. Like, you got to have a. You got to have another game plan. I, I honestly think his game plan was, oh, they'll figure it out. Because he didn't use his timeouts. He didn't. He didn't. Like, he didn't. Shit, I think Shannon said it this morning. How do you end the game and you still got timeouts in the bank? <laughs> He's he taking them into the next season. <laughs> <laughs> they don't carry over. You don't get run over timeout. I didn't understand that. All right, speaking of Chris Paul, um, not playing in game seven. What are your thoughts on Kyrie Irving not even being there? I had an issue with that. I had a real issue with that because in the same vein, it's game seven. This is a young team. Mm -hmm. This is a young team. I think they would have, same like Chris Paul being on the bench and being in these guys' face. It was one point in the game yesterday I actually saw Dan Tony sitting down with a clipboard and Chris Paul was doing the majority of the talk. I think I think Kyrie could have been that for Boston. He could have the young guys, look, this is this is a real big game. Mm-hmm. Be composed, mm-hmm. do, run the plays. I think they needed that from him. And for him not to be there, I thought it was extra whack. For nasal surgery, by the way. Like I don't even know what that is. Like what is a nasal surgery? That he could have scheduled. And you could have scheduled because you put off knee surgery for months. Oh, but this nasal surgery needed to be done right before game seven. Okay. I like Kyrie, though. He's from Duke, too. Duke! Shout out to Duke and and Coach K. There we go. Those are my guys there. But I didn't like like Kyrie. How's the lacrosse team at Duke? Wow. Okay, so so we're doing that. Okay. That's what we're on. Okay. That's what we're on. That's what this is going to be every single time. Okay. So that's the clap back for my dude. I'm, I'm just saying. 
Gotcha. Saying how's that lacrosse team is all right. Okay. Okay. I'll take but that. for for Tatum going to your Duke point, for Tatum to come from Duke and Kyrie to come from that same cloth, if anybody, I feel like Kyrie could have had Tatum's ear and been like, "Look, definitely you're doing good. You doing this? Like, here's blah 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 blah." Like even for point because Kyrie played on the Cavs, even for pointers, yo, this person's gonna do this that and third. Exactly. If I'm you got the, coach, the cheat code. You do. <laughs> That's Chico. Come on. If I'm a coach, I understand this is a horrible way to think, but let's let LeBron have his 40. Okay, I can live with that. Yeah. These other niggas going to have to beat us, though. Yeah. And we saw it in game two where he had like a 40-point triple-double, and they still That's lost. Cool. So it's like, okay, get, let LeBron get 40. Get, give him 50. But Jeff Green ain't going to get 19 points. I tell you something. George Hill Larry not gonna Nancy get twenty. Gonna beat me. Yo, no way in the world George Hill gonna drop twenty on. I don't know who it was. There's been a lot of posters in this off season, but uh, that Tatum on LeBron. I uh, loved that <laughs> moment. What I loved more than the dunk was when Jason bumped LeBron, and LeBron turned around like, "Boy, what? Like, did you?" Did you just bump me? But I don't. I don't think Jason did it on purpose. He was probably just like height jumping up and down, and LeBron nah, probably got. Nah, I can't he imagine. I can't imagine that twenty-year-old kid bumping LeBron like, yeah, nigga, I just dunked on you. You got. You got to think about the generation that we live in that's searching for clout for everything. That was his AI MJ moment. Listen, listen. Let me tell you something. Tatum better than me because I would have got a technical. <laughs> He should have barked in his face like Marcus Morris did Tristan Thompson. <laughs> Yo, Stevens would have to be like, get back on defense if that was me, because I would have been like, Facts. Facts. Doing a super chest bump with the pushing the head down. I would have been all in that nigga face. So LeBron is responsible for two of the best dunks in TD Garden. The first one was he when he was with Miami and he dunked on mm. Jason Terry. Yeah. Mm, nah. Yeah. Give me yeah. a better dunk in Boston yeah. than that. Look, LeBron is not my guy. I respect him. He's an incredible athlete. He's a freak of nature. He's like the equivalent of Wolverine. He's not going anywhere. You can't stop him. There's nothing you can do with him. He's not my guy, but I respect his craft. That dunk, <sighs> when he was in Miami and Jason just stood there thinking he was going to take that charge, and then he just sit over him like, boy, get your... Let me tell you something. And here's, here's my... Here lies my beef with LeBron James. And you just said that. If he's Wolverine, be Wolverine. All right? Be Wolverine 24-7. Barrel your way into that rim every single time because no one's going to stop you. It's too when... taxing on the body. Listen. Here, let, me, let me finish my point. If you're LeBron James... You can't, perfect example, you can't come down banging on Jason Terry one play, and I'm not saying this is (laughs) what happened, but the next play, you can't take a charge from Jason Terry or act like Jason Terry almost took your head off. Yeah, I don't like that about LeBron either. Like the flopping, yeah, because you're going to say after the game, I'm a football player, I'm fine, but yet in the game, you're like flying all over the place and somebody taps your, your shoulder or something. Yeah, yeah that part I don't like either. I get what you're saying on that. I do. But as far as two of the best dunks in Boston, eh, it's Jason Terry. That's like me dunking on my son and being like getting in his face while he's on the phone like, yeah, nigga. He just jumped right over him, though. And then the stare down, like. It's Jason Terry. It was a great dunk. Jason I'm not Terry is an NBA because... champion. Please do not discredit the check. All right? Jason Jason Terry also wore a headband and a hat at the same time. So <laughs> that's the guy we're talking about. Yeah. I, I wish this was a video so I can put that meme up of him <laughs> looking ridiculous with the hat and the headband. Wasn't that like a thing though? No, it was never a thing. I definitely think that was a thing. In 2000, whatever, when white tees, when 5X white tees, and armbands were around, maybe. Yeah, that's what I'm in- thinking about. Well, was this recent? 
That was in the Mavs one. Oh, yeah. That he was that one in the Mavs one. Yeah. Yeah, he was a little bit out of that time. Okay. Hold that, L. Jason. I don't know uh, if I wanted to see this for the fourth time, to be honest. I would have rather any other matchup. I would have. Yeah, but loved... like who, though? Like the Rockets versus the Cavs? I, I would have took like that. Boston I versus Boston, Cleveland. I would have took yeah. Boston Warriors. I would have took Boston Houston. Even though it would have been the low finals, I would have took that. But I don't want to see this same. I story. want to see Again. LeBron go down in the finals. As many times as you make it, my guy, not my guy. I want to see you lose. I, I think at this point, that's what it's become for me. Everybody likes to. That's it. LeBron stats to me and the ones that everybody shies away from. That finals record. That finals record. I saw you say this was a legacy year for LeBron. Ah. I felt like it was. Let me explain why. They traded Kyrie what was it like six weeks before minicamp or something? Training camp. They get Isaiah Thomas. He has a broken hip. He's already a liability just because of his height and that's another story. They get a whole bunch of new players. D-Wade, my favorite NBA player behind Michael Jordan. Jeff Green, they get a slew of people. All right, cool. It's not really working at first. Then it starts to click. They take D-Wade out the starting lineup, put him as a sixth man. That works for them. And right on time, here comes IT with his messed up hip. And him thinking this is Boston. And you got the green light to try to average 28 points with LeBron James sitting right next to you. That doesn't work. They get him out of there. They get my guy D-Wade out of there. Half the roster, gone. Bringing these new guys, kids, Clarkson, Nance Jr., Rodney Hood, George Hill. He's a vet. LeBron goes, plays with them. All right, playoffs. We in there. Pacers. Nah, they got Vic. Okay, they got Lance Stevenson. Nah, Brooklyn native. He got heart. He ain't really a superstar, though. Let's see what happens. They go seven games. Barely made it out. Raptors, we already know what they're about. Baby dinosaurs. Raptors going to Raptor. They soft. Sweep through them. They get Boston. Boston is a tough team. Gritty. Two all-stars gone. They're fighting. They just beat the the Sixers in five games, they're going to do this. And LeBron, with very minimal help, beats the Boston Celtics in seven games to make it back to his eighth straight finals. The replacement. And he really wasn't supposed to get out of the East. But he's back in the finals. Golden State probably wasn't supposed to win that series if Chris Paul does not get injured. If Iguodala gets injured and Chris Paul does not, Golden State is not supposed to win that series. So you get the Rockets in the finals. The Rockets, whose only really goal was to beat Golden State. So you get the Rockets. LeBron's been here. Eight times already. James Harden is soft. He's going to disappear. Maybe we can do this. This might just be our miracle year. This might just be a miracle year for LeBron. If that was to happen and he was to win a championship, that would have probably sealed. It probably would have cut off a lot of the MJ versus LeBron James talks. So that was my point for the legacy year for LeBron. But basketball guys was not shining upon Chris Paul. And Golden State is there, and we saw what Golden State did to them last year. They did it in in five games. It probably should have been four. It took a historic game for the Cavs to even win one game in that series. And they had Kyrie and Kevin Love. Now they're coming into this series. Kevin Love got his issues with his head, and there's no Kyrie, and you've got a bunch of role players that may or may not show up. I don't even give them one game this time. So it's just like, that's the end of that. And and he's probably not going to stay in Cleveland. So you really have no legacy booster after this season. This was it for him. This is, your, this is year 15. This is when it matters. MJ only made it 15. 
So you have to cut it off after this. Here's my my comeback to what you said. Uh, you said a lot, and this is a lot of stuff that I want to address. LeBron's road to the finals. Everybody says, oh, Golden State lucks out because they have play against injured players. That's why they've been able to do what they've done. LeBron has beaten who to get to the Eastern Conference Finals for eight years? Who's he going through? And you, you mentioned really nobody in the East except for maybe those Pacers teams when he was with Miami. They were a little bit tough. Like they had a lot of, they had a lot of promise. They had uh, Paul George and and Dave West and Roy Hibbert. Probably that's like that comes closest. And Boston, of course, that year we beat Boston. So here's my 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 issue with that. Why is the argument Golden State's lucky, but no one talks about the cakewalk that constantly is the East division, the East Coast? Everybody knows East is really the best, but still, that everybody makes it seem like Golden State is just this fortunate team because they go against teams with injuries, but no one says, "Oh, LeBron faced such." Worthy. If we just look at this year, yeah, this year was this year. <laughs> he kind of lucked up. I would say he should have made it out the first round. He really shouldn't not, have. He really should. It's not about LeBron, but that Cavs team should have not made it past Indiana. The Raptors. I don't want to see them on NBA TV. I, I don't want to see them on TV. The Toronto Raptors. And if we don't if we don't get these niggas out of the All Star game, I might stop watching basketball. If Kyle Lowry and Demar Derozan show up to one more All Star game and chuck threes for seven minutes, it's terrible. Didn't stop. Demar Derozan make like second team or something? All NBA. I was disgusted when I saw his name on the list. If it was second or third, it don't even matter. It's like these niggas upset me more than anything. Number one seed knees, and you get and swept. you get swept by the Cleveland, the, by the LeBron Cavaliers. All you had to do was beat LeBron for four games. For four games, that's it. Figure it out. That's really all you, you know had to coming. do. All you got to do, four games. Stop LeBron James. That's it. Like, oh, and then you got the Celtics. I saw somebody say the Celtics overachieved this year. Um, I ain't going to lie to you. I was one of the people that said the Celtics wouldn't make it far without Hayward and Kyrie. Boy, was I wrong. Yeah, they shocked a lot of people. Boy, was I wrong. Because if you don't have Kyrie, you don't have Hayward, these young guys are wet behind the ears. There's no way in the world they're going to get you into the playoffs, let alone the number two seed in the East. Big ups to Boston for the year that they had. They can't look at it as nothing less, nothing, nothing less than a stellar thing to build on going into the next season. That's a fact. I didn't think that Cleveland could beat Boston in the Eastern Conference Finals until Cleveland pushed it to seven games. At that point, because I already saw what LeBron did to the Warriors in a game seven. So I'm like, ain't no way he gonna let these little niggas beat him in a game seven. All he had to do was win one game on the road and they were sending LeBron packing. He was just gonna have that same fate. And when he was at the Cavs years ago, he walked through that tunnel and took that jersey off. I'm out of here. It was about to be history all over again. But then they let it go to seven games. And I'm like, you can't have LeBron in a game seven and, and think you're going to win. It's not going to happen. But that's that's coaching this year in the playoffs period. You saw it with Indiana. Yeah. They, two winnable games. Yep. And it came down to coaching decisions at the end, and it just didn't yep. pan out. Yep. Um, I think that's something that does need to be addressed going forward in terms of – the league and what people um, contribute because you got coaches like Dan Tony who don't really have to do anything. You don't plan for anything. His system's always been score, 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 score. Yep. We'll worry about defense later. Yep. I think um, 
not to say Kurt lucked out, but he kind of inherited keys to the kingdom that Mark Jackson built. He don't be coaching either. But this that is my nigga point. Be on, he be like sitting on the bench like he on the beach. Yeah. He like, really Whoa. does. You don't. Only time he throw emotion is when they not getting calls. Exactly. Like, y'all do your thing. Exactly. That nigga don't be coaching. If it's gonna be over in four games, we got what baseball? A long season of baseball. Yeah, and I'm then, not watching no baseball. And then back in August, September, you get football. Yeah, again. football. What is your thoughts on football? Or you want to wait and do that later on? Nah, we can hit that now. I remember a couple years ago, I don't even remember what happened, but I said something on Facebook to the effect of NFL is like slave plantation. Yeah. And people took my head off. Like, slavery was way worse. Da-da-da-da-da. NFL is nothing like that. I'm like, all right, I'll take that. Slavery was a hellacious event. Got it. That was probably a terrible comparison. I, I but it was a terrible comparison before. Like here we are. Yeah. yeah. Here we are. And when Kanye said slavery was a choice, which I don't 100% agree with, it wasn't a choice for them to get on the boat and come across the Atlantic and be enslaved. But then again, you're talking 1619 to 1865. That's over 200 years, my guy. That's probably more so a choice in staying than coming over. And that's my thing with the NFL. People on Facebook and social media like, oh, boycott the NFL, boycott the NFL. They don't treat their players right. Where the players? Like, that's your choice to go play for the NFL. And you see their policies taking away your rights to peacefully protest and blackballing a guy who was saying, all right, I'll be the guy to stand up for us and say, I'm going to take a knee because police brutality in this country is terrible and the, the, the justice system is not for our people. I'll be the one. And then you see what they did to him. You see what they're doing to Eric Reed. And you see the policy that they put in place without even telling the Players Association, they just went in the room, all the white billionaires, and was like, this is what we're going to do. And we're not going to even give you a heads up. And we're going to go in this room, and we're going to change our policies, and we're going to take away your, your, your rights to people peacefully protest. And then you got dozens of people down on Fifth Avenue in front of the NFL offices protesting. No, nigga, where are the players? Y'all the ones that wake up 5 o'clock in the morning, going to the practice field, leaving 8 o'clock, for what? For them niggas to tell you that you can't do what you want to do? And you're not breaking no laws in the process? Here's my issue with these, these niggas in the NFL. Granted, everybody has lifestyles and bills and all that other stuff. But if you had one team, so to speak, say, you know what? We ain't coming out. We'll forfeit. I don't care. We and, that's all I'm, and that's my... I don't, I don't want to go left field with this into like a whole social issue away from sports. But in general, that's my problem with black people. It's nobody's going to say, let's come together because everybody is worried about my coin. You NFL guys make enough money to where if the NFL say, I'm not going to pay you for one week, you'll be okay. Okay. You'll be okay. Uh, Majority of the players Majority of y'all. in the NFL right now, you can go one game without You can go access. one game without making like so come on. Like what are we really talking about? Dude from Your multimillionaires, the ones that don't have the multimillionaire contracts, you got six figure contracts, so you're doing pretty you're doing more better than most Americans. Dude from Philly, I think um I forget his name. I think he's a linebacker from Philly, but he donated his check, I think every week he donated to a different cause. So it, it goes to show you that it can be done. It can be done. It's just that. So it's like, where are all the powerful voices? They scared. All the ones that have guaranteed, like a lot of guaranteed money. Where y'all standing up and saying, we're not going to go for this. We won't play. If we can't take any, we're not going to play. Now, I'm not protesting the NFL until the, until the NFL players stand up. 
And it's not enough for you to just tweet, oh, this policy is disgusting as an NFL player. No, show me. I think uh, Rosa Parks was on the bus. Her and all those other black people, they were, they were boycotting the bus system. Where are the boycotts? There aren't any. And you know why there aren't any? Um, because we've strained away from, and you said it, you stri- we've strained away from the original intent of what was happening. Yeah. Kaepernick said, I'm going to sit through the national anthem because police brutality. He and they consulted, changed the narrative. He consulted with a vet and said, hey, am I doing anything disrespectful by sitting? And a vet actually told him, no, what you should do is kneel. That's what we do when we want to still show respect, but not um, if we, we don't want to be disrespectful, but we still want to honor our brothers and sisters, we kneel. So then he started kneeling. But that turned into, oh, well, he's disrespecting the flag. No one ever went back and said, okay, well, why did he start doing this in the first place? Why let we... them change the narrative. And that just, that's a whole nother issue. And nobody's taking the time to just sit down and understand, except for like a couple of them. Sit down and understand where are the players coming from? Where was Kaepernick coming from? What place was he coming from? Look at what he's doing since he's been black both from the NFL. And just try to understand and move from there. But the players aren't, they're, they're not doing enough to me. They're not doing enough. I, it, I, I hate the notion of calling grown men that are six, whatever, two, whatever, cowards. But that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. Pretty much. You got a bunch of athletic individuals who are cowards. I'd rather yep. get a paycheck yep. than speak up and say, there's a lot of people that may feel like, Kaepernick is absolutely right, but won't go to bat for him or won't exactly say, hey, because look. they're scared. Complete cowards, and that's uh, it, it's it's sad because I found myself by accident last year boycotting the NFL. Not because I wanted to. I kept saying I ain't boycotting the NFL, but by accident, I pretty much missed majority of the games. Same here. Do just Same not tuning in or not even watching. I'm like. I wasn't even planning to do this, but okay, something. And I, I don't want that to come off as a, a cop out and saying, "Oh, that was my way of protesting the NFL." No, it was literally by accident because I had planned to watch every single game. Like yeah, same here. Game. It just happened that, like, oh, the game that game was on. Oh, well, missed it. All right, catch him next week. Catch him yeah. on Thursday. I would plan for you know Monday night football games, and this year it was just like, oh shoot, I forgot the games was on. Oh shoot! But it wasn't intentional, right? Um, I, with the Kanye point, and this is where it gets touchy because society in general is uber sensitive right now. I understood the end point that he was trying to make, and this is where context was missing from right his thing. I believe slavery for him, what he was saying was it was a mental choice to be enslaved right not a physical right oh, yeah we're choosing to, right for 200 years to you know have someone tell us pretty much like jail when we can eat when right. we like i don't think he was saying it in that regard um i do feel today that mental slavery yeah, it is a choice. and That's a real choosing, thing. People are choosing to be enslaved because you don't want the That's information. That's a real thing. That's a real thing. So slavery might not have been a choice, but playing in the NFL is a choice. It, it's 100% a choice. A 100%, so, 100%. And if that's the case, if you're worried about uh, missing a paycheck or going someplace, like, I don't have the answers. I ain't sway. Um, but you... <laughs> You could you could be like, all right, well, I'll sit out this season. I'll go play. Exactly. And if yeah. you get like five of the top NFL guys to do it, that's all it takes. It don't take the broad spe- spectrum. It don't NFL to be like, all right, Antonio Brown, you're not going to play? Okay. Odell, you're not playing? Okay. Matt Ryan, think, you're not going to play. You're going to join us as a Caucasian brother. Okay. And then I, I, it's you, contagious. You, you mess with connections when you start doing that. Because, and I think that's, it goes back to the coward part. 
Exactly. They don't want to lose endorsements and yeah. checks stop coming and people get fired. And it happened to one of the, the linemen for Denver. I don't remember his name. When Kaepernick first started the Neil. And he got on board and he was doing like a local endorsement thing with like a Ford dealership or something. They fired him. So I get it. They, they're scared, to, you know, to lose endorsements and they're scared to lose money. And the NFL doesn't have a lot of guaranteed money involved. And it's a very dangerous sport. If you get injured and you get cut that day and that's it for your NFL paycheck. So you got other endorsements. So that's keeping you alive. So they don't really want to lose the endorsements. But if you don't stand for something. You'll fall for anything if you fall for anything. So that's why I am with the NFL and its and its players. I think as we uh I don't know how you feel about just freestyling or if you want us to have a our coast host made his another appearance. Um, I don't know how you feel about going forward if we have actually things to go off or if you just want to freestyle. I'm good with whatever. Um let's freestyle it. Just trying to get a feel for how you know everything's gonna go. Yeah. But before we get out of here, um, we probably picked the wrong time to to jumpstart this thing because the NF- the NBA season is about to be gone for the next four three four months. NFL is the next two months. There's plenty. I'm not really on stress. baseball. I like the Yankees. I root for the Yankees in the postseason when they're there. Um, hockey, soccer. It's not my cup of tea. Well, but so yeah, we'll just freestyle. I mean, there's, there's something a lot always every day. Something happens. It doesn't just have to be sports. There was a lot that happened over the weekend with my guy Pusher. Man, and that that kind of broke my heart in four little pieces. Can I can I tell you what what Pusher? I love Pusher. I love Push. I love Push. Push. Baited Drake for 10 years. Drake never replied to Exodus. For 10 years, he baited him. Drake responds with two birds, one stone. Pusher says it wasn't directed towards me. He didn't say anything to me. So I can kind of go into hiding. Comes back with his album, That's Dope. Seven records long. Infrared, he throws more shots at Drake. Drake responds not even seven hours after the album drops and it got quiet for Pusha's album for the rest of the weekend. Yeah. It took all the buzz out of out of Daytona. And that that I think that hurt me the most because he Pusha ain't dropped an album in like two, three years. And then he comes back with Kanye's one of Kanye's best produced albums. Bars are hitting, production is there. It's short, it's concise, it's effective. It's playable all the way through. And it's a near perfect album. And then Drake comes with this duppy nonsense and just puts out the flame that Daytona had. Do you know what um you know what duppy's supposed to stand for? No. Enlighten me. I asked. Uh, I asked my Jamaican friends because they said it was something Jamaican. I asked my Jamaican friend, what is Duffy? He told me Duffy stands for ghost. So even off of that, I was like, oh. Uh, okay. oh, oh, oh. Yeah, so even the title, wow. Oh, oh, okay. But not only did he uh, he throw bombs at Pusha, he came for Kanye next too. He did. And I think Push. This day and age, I think rap battles in this day and age, you have to be tech savvy. You have to be abreast of how Instagram plays in, how Twitter plays in, how memes are used. Because that all becomes part of the battle. The battle. Yep. When Drake said, mention the song, don't make me send you an invoice, and then Pusha says, oh, no, go ahead, send it. I don't think he was expecting Drake to ask. And then he sent it. An invoice. And the, I'm hearing that that Stephen Victor email is a legit email address. All I'm and saying he, is, Push been on the clock since Friday, Saturday. He ain't coming back by now. It's Tuesday? Yeah, he's not. But he's not. we killed Meek when Drake did that. We waited four days. We killed Meek. Oh, Meek got a response. 
Push got to respond to that. I, I'm, I'm not going to let him go with the, oh, well, he don't got to come back. Nah. You started this. This light-skinned nigga came back. You got to respond to him. Charlamagne asked him if he was ready for Drake's smoke. He said yes. He said yeah. He said yeah. So I'm thinking he ain't going to even reply because he knew Drake was going to smoke him. He don't got that luxury of not replying. And I, th- I think that's what bothers me about this generation. And people are going to kill me for bringing up Joe Budden. But when Joe Budden was on Drake's neck, it was, oh, Drake's too big to respond. So we changed the narrative based off of who we like. Oh, Pushing don't got to respond. It, it's, it's cool. Push don't got to respond. They, they, come on. No, you basically so got for 10 years. He responds. You call him out on a song. You take a, a while to respond. But then when he comes back and he's rapping, then you choose, oh, well, nah, I ain't got to respond. I wish Jay and Nas would have did that with Ether and Super, um, super Ugly and Takeover. Like, I wish Jay would have been like, oh, nah, I ain't got to come back for that. That's like, it was too much heat. You gotta, you gotta come back. You gotta clap back. Let the rappers rap, and that's what I've been happy about. I was happy that Drake responded because I'm like, yeah, this is, yeah, restore that feeling. So, do Drake. you think Drake had some insight to this infrared track? I'm not gonna act like um, he might not have heard it ahead of time. But even with that, if Drake had inside information. Let's say he heard the track before. Or let's play Devil's Advocate and say he heard it when everybody else heard it. Fact of the matter is he still responded, regardless if he heard it or not, regardless of like if he was ready or prepared or not. He had seven hours after the music actually dropped to respond. All right, so here's the B part to this question. Do you think that was all Drake or was Quentin in there? I don't care who was in there. You, <laughs> I don't care who was so, in there. But does that take away from the the thunder of it? No. No. It doesn't. No. The reason why it doesn't is because if I... And Drake said it in the songs, like, nigga, it, it was my hooks. It was my spirit. It was like, if I write something for you and it's fire, but I can't deliver it right, and the way you deliver it makes it a hit. All right, so if I invite you to my house for dinner and you love the meal and everything is everything, but then you find out Melissa ain't cooked me that meal, does that change anything about the meal? The food was still good. So it does not matter to you that I told you that I made that, but then you find out later that I didn't really make it. But I didn't tell you I didn't make it. You just find out. Listen, if the food is still good, what I'm going to do? Be mad at you because you lied to me about making food? No. If the food is good, the food is good. But that doesn't change your perspective of me as Melissa, the dope wife, mother, fam, sports talker, everything, everything. You can add cook to my resume. But then when you find out that I ain't really cook it, that don't change anything for you. No, it just takes that off your resume. It still don't mean the food ain't hot. Just takes that off your resume. I think we get caught up in this who wrote what because we don't know how many of our favorite rappers actually got written for in the past. So right now, that's the that's the go-to because people feel like, oh, well, he's not a real rapper. He's not a true lyricist if he doesn't write his own stuff. There's a lot of people, a lot of people, big names, that have ghostwriters, and because there's been this stigma of ghostwriting, it's like, oh, okay, well, you can't really trust what they're saying because somebody else wrote it. This, I saw someone say, it's different if I give you styling pointers every once in a while. Oh, this looks good with that. This looks good with that. That's different from having a stylist dress you every day. Mm-hmm. I think the same with the ghostwriting and the whole Drake and Quentin thing, if Quentin's giving Drake like reference tracks or hey, you should say this or hey, put this in your song, I don't see a problem with that. I don't see a problem with him writing a full song and being like, hey, deliver it like this. Producers yeah. do that. Push a yeah. T, push a T. Um, Pharrell has done that for a lot of people. 
wrote out the exact song and been like, do it like this. Say it like that. A lot of your producers have that input on people's like albums. So I don't understand why did he write it? Did he not? Did it matter? Was it not fire? It was fire. It was fire. So if Quentin, if it comes out that Quentin did write it, does that change you being fired? It changes the narrative that Drake flamed Pusha. It'll change the fact that the track was nice, that the lyrics were there, but that wasn't that wasn't your work, Drake. So you didn't flame me. Your man's did. I delivered it. It's from my camp. You still got flamed at the end of the day is how I look at it. You mean, oh, Drake flame push. Okay, I can see that narrative dying down if somebody else comes out and says, no, I wrote it. I can see that narrative switching, but uh, it's still hot. It's still hot. It is. still hot. It's still hot. It's still hot. Well, can't argue that. Until we do this again. So when are we coming back? I don't know, man. I mean, we could turn this into a weekly thing if time permits. Um, we can go based off of what the... I don't want to turn into one of those people that just do current events because I feel like that's... Yeah, that's kind of... Everybody's lane right yeah. now. They're just trying to, you know, replicate what's going on. Um, Something popping happens. Yeah, I'm not opposed. I'm not opposed to doing it that way. Or what I don't want also is us to force it and be like giving people, oh snap, we're talking 56 minutes. Don't even feel like that. But I don't want in a reverse. We come back and be straining for 56 minutes and try to just get something together. Heard you. But we do got the finals, so I think we could we could uh, we could come back next. Yeah, we week. got the finals. We got the finals. Final start Thursday night. Thursday, everybody put your stakes out. Who are you going for? Uh, I think it's clear and unanimous over here that it's Warriors in three, like Charles says. <laughs> because. I got them winning by 12 Thursday night. Are you generous? Um, yeah, it's probably just going to be like, you know, garbage minutes, so. Everybody just start shooting and Golden State start missing. You know what I mean? Like those players that don't matter that come in the, that last three, four minutes. So that'll probably like skew what actually happened throughout the game, you know? I But I don't think it'll be competitive at all. Game one in Roracle after a loss in Roracle. I'm going to say if they win by less than 20, it's a disappointment. No hot take, but if they win by less than 20, it's a disappointment. I can see that. I can see that. It's, it's, a, it's a disappointment. But I'm not giving Cleveland a game at home. I'm not road. giving them a game either. At all. If this goes, and this is maybe a teaser for a topic for another time, but if this goes seven games, is the NBA rigged? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. There's no way in hell LeBron James <laughs> and that roster pushes the Golden State Warriors to a game seven. No way. No way. Like, we're not talking about the Celtics. We're not talking about Victor Oladipo and the Pacers. Like, we're talking about Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Kevin Durant, Draymond Green. No. Like, we beat y'all in five games last year, and you had more help, and you want to take us to seven? No, no way. Come on. Absolutely not. All right. Well, we'll They see. better not try that either. Well, th- yeah. LeBron should plan his vacation. I don't know when they start planning or booking stuff, but um, I don't think Yeah, I saw long. CC say today that he's renovating one of his homes in L.A., they better wrap that renovation up because you're yeah. gonna be right in LA by next Friday. <laughs> <laughs> right back in LA. This is gonna take a week. Man, I I almost want it to go five games so they can end it in Golden State just because, but 
Celebrate on a floor, man. I'm, I'm with the disrespect in sports. I'm with the disrespect. Celebrate on a floor. Drop the confetti. Spill all the champagne you want in your <laughs> locker room. I'm with all that disrespect, man. I'm with every single bit of that. But yeah, thank, man. You, thank y'all for tuning in uh, to this uh, Hollywood Melisa's insert. There it is. Whatever face. Whatever. Whatever face. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll come around. I got a nice face. ring to it, too, actually. Whatever face. Okay. Okay. All right. We got some, we got some stuff to, to mull, mull over. But in the meantime, y'all stay cool. Y'all stay uh, happy. Laugh as much as you can. Live, laugh, and love. All that great stuff. All that great stuff. We'll holla. Holla.